Welcome to In the Envelope, an awards podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage. I'm here to give you a front row seat to the Emmys, Oscars, SAG, and Tony's races. Who is in the running? What makes an award-worthy performance? And what are the secrets to giving one? intimate, inspirational conversations with some of today's most talented stars provide you, dear listener, the kind of craft and career advice that could win you a statue of your own, and maybe, just maybe, a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. Hello. You want to reintroduce yourself to the podcast listeners? Yeah, hello. When were you uh, last here? Yeah, the last time we were here, we were was it what for did we talk about? Emmys? We were talking. Sure. We were talking about um, the other two. Oh, hello. Oh, yeah, Helena York. Yeah, and I forget what context oh, okay. I was in. It just must have been Phase One Emmys. Yeah, favorite things yes. of the year because I loved that show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about that. Oh, so reintroduce yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hi, in, in the envelope listeners. This is Benjamin Lindsay, senior editor at Backstage. Thanks for joining us. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, I think it might be worth at some point plugging, like, some of our coverage in terms of, like, uh, do listeners know about our Meet the Maker series and Essentialists? Sure, yeah. And, like, our many features, which uh, you're, we do that on the site and we do that in print. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, especially now that we're rounding out 2019, mm-hmm. the, the heft of our award season coverage in terms of creators is our Meet the Maker series, which is yeah. uh, kind of profiles on people behind the camera, people writing, directing, and their relationship with actors in addition to their advice so to others kind of getting their start. Advice, yeah. yeah. What um, are some of those highlights? We This year we, we talked to Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great one. SAG Award Ensemble nominated mm-hmm, Parasite. Mm-hmm. What are the other highlights of the year? We talked to Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nominated. And he, yeah, his pe- people love Taika, and I know that Jojo is kind of divisive with critics and audiences alike. Sure. But <laughs> I think you and I had varying opinions it. on it. But yeah, yeah. Um, you either love it or hate it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. A Hitler I, comedy, but. Just the fact that he was able to pull it off is reason enough to speak yeah. to him about how he did that. I was actually, not to digress from running down the list, but yeah. I was thinking about Meet the Makers that we've had and thinking about how it relates to these nominations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of news uh, with the Golden Globes not nominating any women directors. Sure. And I have I have a list here of, oh, we spoke to so many this? women directors. We did the Reen Scafaria for Hustlers. Uh-huh. We did Alma Harrell for Honey Boy. Um, yeah. We did Lena Metsaukas for Queen and Slim. Yes, Marielle yes. Heller for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Or not for Can You Ever Forgive Me, for, for A Beautiful um, Day in Your Neighborhood. Yeah, Beautiful Day but, is getting nominations. Yeah. We talked to Marielle Heller. That, that's right. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And all, all of them are amazing filmmakers and people that we are eager to feature. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's totally. not reflected in the awards season. Sure, but, sure. And some of those did get nominations at... Um, we might touch on the Spirit Awards, and we might touch on the mm. Gotham's. Like the, mm-hmm. those are the indie indie guys. But yeah, you and I are sitting down right after the nominations for Globes and for SAG. Yes, this is Monday, December sixteenth. Yes. Yeah. Right before I feel like a couple weeks of like Hollywood is dormant. Right. And so are we a little bit. Yeah. Like there's yeah. Not, a, not as much to cover. 
Ben and I have done a lot of work in yeah. November, and it's all coming out online now. And it's yeah, yeah. like, now we can take a brief breath before truly insanity yeah. from January. Yeah, yeah. But it's also time for our readers and maybe for us if we haven't yet catch up on your screeners go go see the movies see what everyone's talking about over the christmas holiday Uh, what 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 good ones are coming out for christmas we got little women yeah so the late arrivals uh little women uncut gems yes just mercy i'm counting star wars rise of skywalker as a you know as a late arrival Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. technically a contender i think that's about it and I do think that the late arrivals, as we talk about this every year, like when is the ideal time to release your movie? Mm. The consensus is still, the results kind of still show that if you're releasing your movie in November, maybe late October, mm-hmm. you are right there uh, having your release campaign coincide with phase one of yeah. awards stuff. Mm-hmm. Little Women didn't get any SAG yes. attention. And, but that could very well be because not enough people have seen it yet. True. It could be a True. late in the year haul and see where it goes. Totally. I loved it. I loved it. Totally. Oh, the actors are great. The writing, directing. And that's a super ensemble movie. Yeah. And the fact that there can only be five nominees, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that is tough. Yeah. So we mentioned Jojo Rabbit and Parasite. The other nominees are uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. The Irishman from Martin Scorsese, two huge old school Hollywood directors can I call them old school Hollywood directors yeah yeah old school enough very big buzzy casts with big names who also all got nominated for stuff and then the last one is Bombshell Mm -hmm. which got individual nominations for Charlize Theron Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about Charlize we're gonna talk about Nicole Kidman and Margot Robbie yeah who's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yes Uh, the other person who got multiple nominees was Scarlett Johansson because she's in both Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story right where she's been nominated for everything Marriage Story did not make the list with ensembles but they are getting mm-hmm. the Spirit Award Ensemble, like, honor. Right. And they've been getting nominated in a lot of different places. Oh, pe- people groups. have been loving that film. Yeah. And especially now that people have such access to it on Netflix, I feel like, yeah. it, at least in the, the general public, I feel like people have been talking about it in a way. Yeah. That In the sense yeah. that everyone has seen it, you know. It's very accessible. Yeah. It kind of feels like everyone in the industry has a, has a Netflix login. Yeah. And is using it. Right. I do think, and this is something I meant, this is what a great way to plug our um, our letters from the awards editor series mm-hmm. online, but something I mentioned recently in our kind of takeaways from the Globes and SAG nominations is that Netflix is the top earner of nominations for both TV and film, which is unprecedented yeah. because who releases both TV and film? Nobody. And uh, the fact that the Globes, it had a leading 34 nominations and 17 of them were for film and 17 were for TV. That's crazy. Mm. That's mm. nuts. We also noted that there was nothing from broadcast TV, from traditional right. networks. Yeah. <laughs> and only Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us for the SAG nomination. So let's talk about TV. Yeah. What were the takeaways from TV? What were some of your favorite? What were some of your highlights? Well, we're, we're talking today, the Monday after oh, the today. season finale of Watchmen. Yes, I okay. thought Regina King gave one of the performances of the year. Funny. I thought it was a brilliant series. Mm-hmm. It is dense and pretty opaque, and I think you either love it or hate it. Um, sure. I fell decidedly sure. on the love side. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I was surprised that as far as SAG goes, the only recognition I got was for stunts. And I, I think that might such be also a, strong a, ensemble. a late arrivals issue. Yeah. It could be. It was rolling out as as that was happening. Yeah. But I you have two like Oscar winners on the cast with Jeremy Irons and Regina King. Oh, yeah. They're um, all delicious. Yeah. Gene Smart is incredible. Gene Smart. 
Uh, we I mean, the, the list goes on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We and we booked Tim Blake Nelson, who's amazing on that show mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the ensembles that were nominated. Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. That was a smart way to nominate every amazing woman on that show. Yeah, they certainly. didn't get individual nominations, so. Uh, the Crown. I'm watching The Crown. Yeah, I'm yeah. Obsessed with the Crown. I mean, it's an all new cast, and yeah. people are super excited about it. You got Olivia Coleman, fresh off her Oscar from last year, and Play I feel playing another queen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I, I feel like it's a return to form for Helena Bonham Carter. Totally. Not that she ever fell out of form, but maybe she's just, always fabulous. It, she's always fabulous, but this is putting her in front of what inspired casting that yeah. was. And yeah. they're both, of course, individually nominated. I think it's safe to say definitely in the running for next year's Emmys. Certainly, a lot of these people are yeah. in the running for next year's Emmys. Um, Handmaid's Tale still going strong. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things mm-hmm. still going strong. Uh, Elizabeth Moss from Handmaids and uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things are both individually nominated. And then for their last hurrah, Game of Thrones was nominated mm-hmm. for Ensemble. And Peter Jinklage was too. What about the comedies? We have Barry, we have Fleabag, we have Kaminsky Method, we have Maisel, and we have Schitt's Creek. And I love Fleabag, love Schitt's Creek. The, love those it. were two of my favorite series of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, one is a uh, long-awaited sequel to the first season, whereas the other mm-hmm. one is getting recognition five was it five seasons isn't in? that an interesting trajectory yeah. yeah five seasons in it from this obscure canadian network called mm-hmm. pop tv mm-hmm. but because again with the netflix it was made available on netflix and everybody started watching it and loving it and now Catherine reger has the emmy nomination mm-hmm. the individual sag nomination and now she's part of this ensemble yeah that's a great ensemble show obviously Maisel, which just released a new season it's a great ensemble show and was just picked up for season four people, and oh okay. people love Maisel. oh yeah. amazing and that's worth noting, too, that SAG last year at the ceremony went really hard for Maisel. So all of the SAG mm-hmm. after members across the country, they voted for Rachel Brosnahan for comedy actress, Tony Shalhoub for male comedy actor, and the ensemble for, yeah, for yeah. Maisel. I mean, not only do you have these, like, actors, actors mm-hmm. fleshed out in the ensemble. The backstage type yes, of actors. Yes, exactly. Sure. But it's just so sumptuous to look at and entertaining, and Amy Sherman-Palladino... Her, her dialogue is her. so so listenable. It's uh, it's great. I think that's formidable. Obviously, Fleabag swept the Emmys. Yeah. Almost swept the Emmys. Um, so Phoebe Waller-Bridge is definitely, uh, if you're making predictions, that's probably one to, yes. one to and add. Did Andrew Scott get in for the SAGNOM? For SAG individual, okay. he did. Yeah, because he, he, he missed out the on the Emmy. Emmy. Yeah, for whatever reason. I think he also got a Globe, a Globe nomination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's doing really well. Um, we mentioned Sterling K. Brown. Uh, the Morning Show. Have you watched mm-hmm. The Morning Show? I have. Apple TV. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Billy Crudup in The Morning Show. Yeah. I'm so glad he got SAG nomination. He's, he's making capital C choices. Capital <laughs> sure. C choices. Um, with that creepy smile. Yeah. And his weird energy. Yeah. And it's riveting. I do, I've always been a fan of Jen Aniston, but I yes. feel like this project is of her, it's showing off her capabilities in a really interesting way. It's quintessential um, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. She's playing a celebrity. She is a celebrity. She's playing mm-hmm. somebody who's kind of subject to tabloids and sexism. And, mm-hmm. like, I think she's harnessing a lot of her own life in yeah. that. And yeah. It really it shows. feels very lived in. Totally. we got to talk about film. Yep. Okay, we're done with TV. We're done, we're done, we're done. Um, the SAG nominations for film, we mentioned all of, the, uh, all of the ensemble on these. What were some of your favorite performers of the year? we got to talk about Hustlers. Oh, we got to talk about Hustlers. Yeah. Hustlers. Yeah. Um, you and some of our colleagues were, you saw Hustlers long before anybody else did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we have the privilege of press screenings. Yes. So we, we got in a, a month or two before it actually hit theaters. Yeah. Long been championing 
Jennifer Lopez yes. for an Oscar nomination, and she's like on her way with these nominations. She's got everything. She's got the yeah. spirit, Golden Globe, SAG. I feel like you guys were the ones telling me, like, the hype is real. Like, believe right. that she could go this far right. in the awards conversation. Yeah, and not only the hype is real for her, but just the film in general mm-hmm. is so unexpectedly wonderful. Totally. Um, we all underestimate a story about strippers hustling Wall Street <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, that common, that really common story. Right, yeah. right. It was actually really deep and touching. And yeah. I saw it twice. Yeah. I don't say anything twice. Just kidding. I also saw Parasite twice because I liked Parasite a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> that, I mean, you, you mentioned it briefly before, but just the fact that that got the ensemble nomination as a foreign language film. Huge. First time since Life is Beautiful, which... Yes. How, how many years was that? That's 1998. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, how often does it happen? Yeah. And Parasite is also very truly an ensemble film in the way that they, I feel like they have equal screen time, all, mm-hmm. of, those, all of those actors. Not quite as, as true with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is mostly following Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, or Bombshell even, which mm-hmm. is mostly the kind of trio of three fabulous blonde ladies who are all <laughs> doing really great work. Yes, and um, actually for for our actor listeners who haven't seen the film yet, or for those who want to re-see it, in my conversation with Bong Joon-ho, he, he speaks specifically to the film's various twists and turns and mm-hmm. uh, cha- changes in genre, li- literally entire changes in genre and tone, sure. and how he directs his actors through that, and to, to watch rewatch it and to know how he handled that with his actors um it's just a it's a great training ground just to see the best at work he mapped out every shot yep everything's impeccably like designed every frame of that movie is recognizably from that movie yeah um i think he's extraordinary and you know the oscars have never uh really honored korean film before and korean film is like a very very strong industry and he's one of the best best of the best and I believe Parasite won the uh, Palme d'Or at Cannes mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. So there's a lot of firsts for that. Yeah. The but the ensemble it, nod was a huge yeah. surprise. That was an awesome surprise. Yeah. It's also not like Bong Joon Ho came out of nowhere. I mean, he, he has great respect in the States and in Hollywood for, mm-hmm. for years now. Totally. Um, so it could be recognition of the film, but also just recognition of one of our best working filmmakers writer today. Directors. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of strong writer directors. We mentioned Tarantino and Scorsese kind of being this the old school, like still at the top of their game, making mm-hmm. these amazing films. If anyone's been following the quote, the kind of controversy of Martin Scorsese having opinions about the direction that film is going in with uh, superhero movies mm-hmm. and the and how those perform really well at the box office, and his decision to release The Irishman on Netflix, where lots and lots of people are going to see it but maybe not necessarily in a giant movie theater. Mm-hmm. But he, he's also said that there was no other means to make the film that he wanted to make without right. the means of Netflix. Given the state of the industry. Yeah. Right. And he made a three and a half hour epic. Yeah. I've only just seen Goodfellas recently. I know Goodfellas is definitely not on this list, but Goodfellas is a flawless film. Oh, yeah. It's so stunning. Yeah, it's I've the never bar. Seen it. it's, it's the bar for the totally, genre. Totally. Certainly. For his own genre that he's basically like right. the leader of. Yeah. Yeah. He's extraordinary. Um, the other, uh, of these nominations, the ones that I was really happy to see, um, Jamie Foxx for Just Mercy, like we said, that was a late film. Mm-hmm. He is so extraordinary in that movie. Yeah. And he basically doesn't do much. He doesn't move his face a lot. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like, he makes us come to him kind of performances. 
And I was really, really glad to see him on that list, along with like these amazing Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers. Like, hello. Brad Pitt, who we mentioned, and then both Al Pacino and Joe Pesci from from The Irishman. This is a strong year for supporting actors. I I wasn't sure. I was very happy to see Joe Pesci on that list, but I wasn't sure, Mm -hmm. just given the gargantuan size of Al Pacino, if if his subdued nature and his kind of return to film Mm -hmm. in this sense would get the recognition it deserves. Um, Yeah, it's almost like he's he's known for playing louder characters. Right, right. And this was very subdued. Yeah. This was subdued. Hauntingly so. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not even in it for that much. It's just, he's just very unforgettable. That's a big old sprawling cast. Um, other nominees, we, I, Taryn Edgerton, friend of the podcast, is nominated for playing Elton John. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's fun about the Globes, I will say, is that they have their two distinctions between drama and comedy and musical. And that's why we get awesome nominees like Taryn Edgerton. Or you have uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Some people were confused about why that was a, not a drama. I think it's one of the funniest movies of the year. Yeah. So, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio is, is nominated there. Eddie Murphy was nominated for the Globe, for Dolomite is yes, my name. and he's on our cover this week for our Golden Globes issue. Week. Wonderful, um, wonderful. Yeah, we're, we're very excited to have him. Um, and then the other one-off mm-hmm. is Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, who has yes. picked up all of the important nominations. Yeah. And that film, I don't know where else that's going to go. I know that Todd Phillips is mostly known for directing comedies, and he was nominated for the Globe. And to me, this sounds like a similar narrative to the filmmakers behind Green Book last year, mm-hmm. who were known for also making goofy comedies and then are now making this more prestige movie. Mm-hmm. This is a prestige movie, but it's also a superhero origin kind of movie. Joaquin Phoenix is always good, yep. so he's like a guarantee. I'm very curious to see where this all goes. Um, I'm going to ask you your favorite performance of the year. Just one. Film or TV? Yeah. If you had to pick one. Um, Does not have to be a nominee. In that case, I kind of teased it before, but Regina King has been a longtime favorite of mine. I had the pleasure of sitting with her for a cover Mm -hmm. story a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and her Oscar win last year, followed by a performance like this in Watchmen. Um, So love her personally, and then also I think this performance is just one of the best of the year. Um, What was your favorite performance? Um, if the theme is people who have not achieved the recognition that maybe they should, I can't, I can't stop thinking about Alfre Woodard and Clemency. Mm-hmm. And she got the Spirit Award nomination. It's a very tiny indie film. It's a very intimate, writer-director-driven uh, drama about a prison warden on death row who has to deal with uh, executing inmates and... It, she digs so deep psychologically and she has these two last scenes of wordless acting that at the time blew me away, but it's just such a great example of a performance that stays with you. I, I feel this way about also SAG nominee Lupita Nyong'o in Us, mm-hmm. but I think that in my mental list of my favorite film performances of the year, they're like jockeying for position. One is like this Obviously very technically skilled, one would say even loud and visually impressive performance. Lupita scurrying around as this tethered clone of Mm -hmm. herself. And the other is like this psychological portrait that is very hard to describe what's going on. Mm -hmm. I like thinking of those as two examples of different kinds of uh, great acting. Yeah, I mean, both of them are a gut punch, just on different different sides of the spectrum. Exactly, exactly. There's, there's something for everyone. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's something about everyone in TV and film. Yeah. It's an exciting year, and I'm uh, excited to see what's next. I mean, we're, we're back into it with 2020. And we're already thinking about 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think any time that people are lamenting snubs, that that means it's a healthy year. Right. It means that all of the nominees are very deserved to be there, and that the people who are not on the list, it's a shame, but what a great problem to have. Right. To have that much content and that much like amazing stuff. Right. The 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 value of something at the end of the day is how, how much you enjoy it as a piece of art, not how many trophies it has. Yeah. So. Oh, what a great way to end this conversation. All right. <laughs> Did we have anything else Book we were ended. supposed to talk about? Um, that was great. I, I I think that does it for me. Yeah. That was a great way to end it. Yeah, this was fun. I, I never sit Good. I never sit for the podcast, so for a long form discussion. Yes, and we'll see, we'll see how I like my voice <laughs> on audio. Yeah, or, or well, I think it took me a full year before I was used yeah. to it. Producer Jamie will have some notes for me, I'm sure. Sure. Well, maybe yeah. we can just get him to alter it or something. Right. We could get it to alter it to sound like Whitby and Yago and us. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, thank you, Ben. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, listeners. In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City and Soundbox LA, Mark Rose Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks as always to podcast producer extraordinaire Jamie Muffet and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at In The Envelope and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who would you like us to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse in the envelope.